Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Kings, chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. King Hezekiah was a godly king, but he became complacent. And so what happens with God's children, if we become complacent, we're no longer going to be praying like we should, studying the word like we should, being in church consistently like we should, then we can, if we are his sons and daughters, expect chastening. Oh, it's coming. Even the best of them. Hezekiah is the best of them. King David's the best of them. God's no, God's no, uh, shows no partiality. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care how holy King David was. You know he got chastened, right? Hezekiah got chastened, right? So how can we expect any less when we think it's cool to separate from the Lord's body, his church, to separate from the study of the word, to separate from uh, fellowship and prayer and these things? I mean, that's, that's my Christianity. That's what I think is biblical Christianity. I just believe that God loves me so much that he's going to give me a spanking if I choose to ignore him, treat him like he's nothing. So it's important to be obedient. It's important to keep seeking him, no matter how old you are, to not take your foot off the pedal, but to go forward. I was just reading about King David in my personal reading and how he fell with Bathsheba or not necessarily fell. He just went into that sin. But what happened was everyone else was fighting. Everyone else was on the battlefield. And uh, he stayed back when the kings went out. But it wasn't that the kings just went out. The kings and their armies and their peoples went out to fight during that season. So David's people went, but he didn't go with the people. God's people went, but it's bad when we don't go with God's people into the fight. It's one thing when we're older, and we read about how David, when he was older, they said, no, 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 don't go out to fight. You're more used to us if you stay home, because if they take you, it'll break the hearts of everybody. Just, you're too old, stay home. It's one thing. But with Bathsheba and him not going to battle, nowhere do you read he was too old. But anyways, Hezekiah, good king, chastening. The, the Assyrian army came because the Lord brought them to wake up his beloved Hezekiah. He allowed this threat to come to wake up his son that he loved, Hezekiah. Mind you, the southern kingdom of Judah is the line by which the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Lord, will come through. So the Lord, we read about him preserving the southern kingdom of Judah because Jesus is going to come through that line. He is the lion of the tribe of? Yeah. The good news in our story, Hezekiah, has gone, gone back into the house of the Lord. What did Hezekiah do? He humbled himself and went back to church. And he fell on his face and he cried out to the Lord, help me. And he sent his servants to go talk to the prophet Isaiah, help us. And then Second Chronicles tells us that both Isaiah and Hezekiah cried out to the Lord on behalf of Judah. Both were crying out. It wasn't just like, the message got the messengers got to Isaiah, and he's like, "Okay, I'll pray." No, it, it says that he was crying. God help us! Don't let these Assyrians take us down. And the Lord heard their prayer, which He does when we humble ourselves before Him, and I believe also when we come into His house. 
call me old school and crazy. And so Isaiah was given a message by God, and God said, give this message to King Hezekiah. It's a message of deliverance. And that's where we were at last week, where we were reading through it. And, and, but, you know, I ended right in the middle, so I'm just going to rehash a few verses, 20 to 21. The Lord refers to Jerusalem as a daughter of Zion, or as the daughter of Zion and a virgin, meaning basically telling king, the king of Assyria, you're not going to conquer Jerusalem. I'm going to deliver it. She's like a virgin. She ain't being conquered, period. Beautiful. The Lord lets him know. Verse 22, 24, God tells the king um, of Assyria that by reproaching and coming against and threatening Judah, you were reproaching the Holy One of Israel. It was, it was, a, it was a knock, not on, on God's people alone, but it was on God as well. You and I have that divine love from Jesus Christ. He loves you and I so much. We are in Christ when we come to know him. And any offense, any attack on you is an attack on Jesus. That's a beautiful thing. In verse 22, 24, it talks about also about how high and prideful in his own existence this king of the Assyrians was. He was so prideful that he thought it was his own strength and ability that he can take his chariots up to the height of the mountains of Lebanon. And I would venture to say that most horses also do not like to run uphill, right? Am I crazy or do you think horses are like, yeah, I'll run that mountain. So chariots were used in the lowlands. But God is saying, you're so high in your own mind that you think you can take your chariots up to the mountains and fight. And the Lord tells them in verse 27 and 28 and 26 that he's creator God, that he made it all. Didn't you know? Didn't you hear? Don't you know? I made it all. And he tells them, it wasn't, it was me who weakened the nations that you conquered. It was actually me that, that, that led you to conquer these nations for God's plans. The Assyrians came and God weakened these nations like grass on the rooftops that the moment it springs up, the sun just scorches. No water, it just scorched. I mean, he made these nations weak, and yet this king thinks he's so high and mighty because he had these victories when it was God all along that gave him his victories. And it is still God all along who will sustain us in our country in 2021. No matter what other countries may have or our country may lack or leadership or what, it doesn't matter. Our God is in control. He says then in here in verse 27, but I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. This king could care less about the Lord. He did not consider God in his ways, the God of Israel. He just went around living his life, conquering, thinking he was all that. I mean, this is the state of the world, is it not? They, they have no thought of God, rarely. It's like funerals, maybe weddings. Maybe baptisms, that's when people think about God. Usually people are just out making a living, living their lives, doing their own thing. Because this is a fallen world. Our prayer, our cry is that people would, 
would come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that their eyes would be open, that there's more to life than just eating and drinking and what you're going to wear, how I look, how the reputation is in the world, all of that. The most important thing in life is a relationship with God. This king had it not. He didn't have it. And God's like, even though you didn't have it, you may not know me, but I know you, he says. I know your dwelling. Like, I know your house. I know that you have a, you know, a red blanket and a coffee table. And I know you have so many restrooms. I mean, God knows everything. He is not limited by time and space, guys. I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. So this king had rage against God and commotion. Like a great loud voice. He hated God. Crazy. You know, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the, to, to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. This Assyrian king in his rage and tumult reminds us of the attitude and the countenance of Satan, that he is in a rage, that he is very is going to be more destructive in the last days than ever he has, knowing that his time is short. I am shocked at the wickedness of our country and the world. I am shocked at the laws being proposed towards our children's education in this country i am appalled at the wickedness that is being seen and preached as being good we are in the last days and we need to stand and be salt and light and know what's really going on the enemy is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy and he's going more and more uh, harder than ever before but the enemy is running crazy. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and Timothy was a young man, so young people, listen up. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, Slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. If, you, if we can pray anything, it's like, Lord, help me not to be into myself. Help me not to be selfish. Help me not to seek to do my own will but rather to do your will. Help me, Lord, to decre uh, decrease and you increase. Help me, Lord, to have your humility to die to myself and to do thy will because it's in dying to self that we have life, 
that we have joy and peace and strength and guidance and hope and love and all the things that we need are found in our personal prayer to die every day, that we might be resurrected with him. And by his spirit, he changes us. He truly does. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 12, at the, uh, the uh, Olivet Discourse, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah, lawlessness is abounding. Are you kidding me? When evil is spoken of as good? When lawlessness is not punished? There's so much injustice, it's crazy. What an interesting time to be a pastor or a Christian. What can I, what can I say to you? Don't trust anything the news tells you. Well, what did they have during Jesus' time for news? A lot less information, right? Even though the world is this way, I'm not pessimistic. I'm very hopeful. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you in John 16, that in me you may have peace. In him you shall have peace. Just be in him. That's where peace is. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Guys, you have the answer to what this world needs. Christ in us is the hope of this world. Do not envy sinners nor desire to be with them. Christ in us is the hope of this world. The world has nothing to give you. Nothing. All that is in the world, the Lord says, is is perishing, is passing away. So study this book. It's made for you. Study it, kids. It's made for you. Ask God for understanding. Read through it. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way you came. The Lord says to the king, to the Assyrian king, I'm going to put a hook in you. Like a fish, guys. Whack. A bridle like a horse. To be led by. The Assyrians prided themselves of taking prisoners back to Assyria. There's images in antiquities of the Assyrians uh, taking their captives back. And they have like a line, like a chain. And it's hooked to to the nose of their captors, captives. So what they were doing, God's telling the king, you know what I'm going to do to you. What you've been doing to everybody is coming to you. And this shall be a sign to you. Now, Isaiah is speaking now here. God is speaking now here to Hezekiah. So he goes from the king of Assyria to his beloved Hezekiah. And God says to him, this, is gonna, this shall be a sign to you. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself. And in the second year, what springs from the same. Also in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. This is a beautiful thing here. Hezekiah was a man of faith and a man of prayer. But even men and women of prayer and of faith need that encouragement from the Lord. The encouragement that God is giving him is a sign. God is giving Hezekiah this sign to prove that what God is predicting is going to happen to the king of Assyria, the deliverance. I'm going to give you a sign to prove it. Oh, how we need a sign sometimes, don't we? Oh, the Lord knows you believe in him. But sometimes, do do we not ask the Lord, (laughs) you know, give me a sign. Give me a little something. Give me just a nugget. Give me a cookie, anything. 
that you're with me. I know you're with me, but just give me something that I need it. And he knew Hezekiah needed it. And Hezekiah, as the king, was worried about his people starving because the Assyrians trampled all over Judah. They took 46 strong towers, fortified cities of Judah, guys. They were cleaning house. They took 200 prisoners, commentators say. There's no food. They've trampled it. As the Assyrians came around Jerusalem, what could the Jerusalites do but stay within the walls? That's where safety was. That was a siege, right? When an army sieges or surrounds a city, they're trying to starve it out. No one comes in. No one goes out. You stay in. You're locked down. The Jews could not come out and sow or gather from their fields. And the enemies of the Lord were taking all of the fruit of the land. And so God is telling Hezekiah, don't worry, there's going to be food. You don't even have to, you don't even have to sow seed. You don't even have to plant, plow, water, do anything. The sign that I'm going to deliver you is that there's going to be food. And God's going to do it. For a year now, the enemy has shut many churches down. And has kept God's people away from their brethren. When the church was asked by the president to lock up for 30 days, we said sure. But I think after a year I could say, and of all the information that comes out, I can say, this was a work of the devil. Precautions could no longer be an excuse for not coming to church. We want people to wear masks. If they want to be, feel comfortable, if that's their choice, please, we welcome you. We, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is there, there are many churches that haven't opened. There are many people who have not gone back. It's a work of the enemy. It is a work of the devil. Besieging. Keeping us away from each other. So that we can be strangers. When we're the body of Christ. Knit together. Fitly. Knit together. Like only he can knit it together. How can we be isolated? How can we be away? I don't care what this governor says. I'm going to listen to God over what he says. But... God is faithful. In the middle of being locked down, we decided, let's keep this thing going. We're not believing the hype. Take precautions if you need to, but we're going to keep the doors open. And, and yeah, there is no, this year was probably the less evangelical in-person evangelism that has never taken place. The world was not evangelized personally Online, thank God, yeah, we, we're using that. Video, radio. 2020 was probably the year where the most least loving your neighbor has taken place. And it's not just wrapping up bandages and caring for them in hospitals. It's sharing the gospel. What good is it if we help people physically but can't get the gospel to them because we're, we're, we're afraid to get near them? This year has been the least year for evangelism personally, person to person. Go therefore and make disciple of all, disciples of all nations, Jesus said. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the things that, which, that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In Matthew 9, Jesus said in verse 37 to the disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest and send out, to send out laborers into his harvest. In John 4, verse 35, Jesus said, Do not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you have not labored, and others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. What labors have we done? Who are we, are we reaping? Are we sowing? Are we planting? Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty three, And he who does not gather with me scatters. The only thing being gathered is food at Costco. And if they hated the Lord, I'm okay if they hate me. I'm okay with it. If they left him, they will leave us. I'm okay with it. Breaks my heart, but I'm okay with it. And I believe because Hezekiah prayed in the house of the Lord, that God blessed him, is coming to his deliverance. And I believe because we continue to meet, that I hear stories of stories of tithes going down, churches failing. But for some reason, God's grace shined upon Sweet Hills. And I believe it's because we, we as a people at Sweet Hills decided we're going to keep on going. We're not going to stop. We can see through this. God says to test all things. And they're, they're letting their kids go to their schools. They're, letting, they're going to their fancy restaurants. They're, going, they're, they're marching by the hundreds of thousands in the streets. Nobody says anything. It's all politicized. It's a year. It's the devil has done this. It's like the parable of the, the wheat and the tares where who did this? Who planted these tares? An enemy did this. That's who did it. Not Gavin Newsom. Not Joe Biden. An enemy did this. They're just pawns. And the Lord gave us a church in the middle of this mess. And things have grown. And I don't know how many families are new, but I mean, there's like 40 new faces Forgive me if I don't remember your name. We're getting at that level. Don't get hurt. You try to remember a hundred names. It's crazy. It's a blessing. I don't know why, but God's grace. Because like in this story, if we pray, if we seek the Lord in his house, he can move nations on our behalf. He'll put a fish hook and take him like a goldfish wherever he wants on our behalf. That's faith. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. This is a near future prophecy, but it also speaks of latter times. The remnant of Judah, yeah, they get, they get scattered, they get taken eventually by, by the Babylonians. But there's a remnant, there's always a people who believes in the Lord. And I would say this to all those who have not gone back to their churches, come back now. Be that remnant. Don't worry about not... A sowing or reaping or, or evangelizing this past year. Don't worry about all that. It's all good to God. Just come back. Come back because he'll make your roots deep and your fruit will shoot up quicker than you know. Don't worry about it. Just come back. Nobody cares. No one's keeping score. No one's keeping score. There are people hurt on both sides. I can tell you that much. The devil has done this. 
For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, will do this. Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. I love that. I believe that, that God has his divine protection on our church. I believe he's got his divine protection upon his church as a whole. I don't know how he's going to help Mike McClure up there with the $2 million, but I'm going to love to see how he does it because he's going to do it somehow. He'll take care of us. He'll take care of that pastor. And can- that guy's a hero. That guy's the man. I wanted to be the first one arrested. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chairman.